0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. I hope everybody's doing well. The Yerushalmi tells us that Cholam Moed was given in order to be Osigba Torah, in order to learn Torah. The rest of the year we're busy with our work. And it's uh, difficult to get away from learning Torah. And as a matter of fact, Hashem judges us on Cholamoid. Also, that we, whenever we have free time, what do we do? And therefore, Baruch Hashem, all over the world, we have so many shiurim going on. And uh, and it's wonderful that we'll be able to share Divre Torah also in this capacity. That everybody is at home, but nevertheless, is able to. Uh, is able to learn Torah through technological uh, means that no one would have ever ever thought. So I thought of speaking today about a subject that (coughs) is going to be relevant, that many people are asking about, and it's unclear. People hear all types of things. There are some people that they don't. That they don't understand why mechilat chametz should work in the first place. Some people say, "Well, if the mechilat chametz helps, uh, can I sell all of my chametz?" And other people are machmir to the point that they won't buy anything that is that is made after Pesach. Because they are machmir, and what about going to a store that you're not sure if he sold the chametz? What about if you don't know that the owner's Jewish? All of these questions are relevant and are unclear. So we're going to uh, we're we're going to examine this subject and uh, and see how far we get. Okay, so <clears throat> what's the history of mechirat chametz? The first thing a person has to know is that mechirat chametz that is done nowadays is an evolution. That, that that is definitely not the way it was done in those in those days. And therefore one cannot come and say one cannot come and say that that uh, that well the Minhag the custom was to do to, to be Mukher was to sell Khametz in those days so why shouldn't we be able to sell chametz nowadays? Whatever was done in those days we'll see was totally different than nowadays and there's totally new questions nowadays the way that contracts are made, the way that the way that um the way that uh businesses run and therefore it's very important that we examine exactly what is the uh what is the what what are the parameters nowadays and how this uh, and how this will um how how will this apply halachah limaasek? So what's the source to michilat chametz? It's written in the Gemara. It's written in the Shulchan Simantaf Memchet Seif Aleph that there's a prohibition chametz shel nochri she'avaralav a pesach mutar afilu beachila that chametz of a goy that was that, that 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 passed over pesach. In other words, that uh, that that was that was, uh, that, that was not sold. I'm sorry, uh, Chametz of, of a goy is mutar be'achila, But Chametz of a Jew, the Shulchan Aruch says, in Se'iv Gimel, Chametz of a Jew, that, what, that he owned, and, and it was Pesach, and he still owned it, Asur be afilu, afilu hinicho shogeg o ones. Even if it's, it's, it's not his fault, or he didn't sell it for what, whatever reason whatsoever. Whatever, Whatever reason whatsoever, pesach. But if he gave it to a goy before Pesach, And here the shulchan aruch mentions the 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 maximum that we know about Mechirat chametz that if you gave your chametz to a Goy, even though you know that that he's going to give it back, as long as you made a total sale, it's okay. But a sale that you know that he has to sell it back to you doesn't work. So here we have a few details. You sell it to a Goy, it works. You don't sell to a Goy, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? This is a very important point. It's an Isur de Rabbanan. There is a Machloket in the Gemara, why it's Asur. But the reason why we follow that it's Asur is because it's a Knas de Rabbanan. It's a penalty mi de Rabbanan. That chametz that wasn't sold, you can't benefit. However, if you sold it, it's okay. Where does this come from? It comes from a Tosefta. The Tosefta writes that you could give your, your chametz to a to a Goy before Pesach. As long as you don't trick. That's all it's written. Now what does tricking mean is not clear at all. We have a, we have a, a, throughout the generations what used to be was that a person had chametz left over. He went over to his neighbor. He said, Here neighbor, take my chametz. It's yours. And the guy took it. And after Pesach, if the guy would want to sell it back to him, fine. He wouldn't want it to sell it back to him, also fine. But as the communities grew, this is this is how it was in all in all Sephardic countries and in Morocco as well. Rabbi Yosef Misas discusses uh, others as well. This is how chametz was sold, and it wasn't a big deal. There wasn't communal sale. People usually got rid of their chametz. They didn't have storage houses. They didn't have a whiskey collection. They just sold their chametz, and that's it. Question is that nowadays, it became much more. It became much more. uh commercialized that people started storing much more chametz. people have have warehouses of chametz. what are they supposed to do so here you have a uh, a a discussion by the Ashkenazi Poskim uh, the Shoelum Meshiv and the Shlomo Kluger that they started having a communal sale they were really the first that discussed communal sales and what did they do for communal sales they came up. They came together, and they said everybody should sell their chametz to the rav. Now, what does that mean? Selling the chametz to the rav—that means every person would literally sell their chametz to the rabbi. The rabbi would own millions of dollars of chametz, and he would find a goy and sell it all. And that's how it was done in many countries. We don't do it nowadays like that. What we do nowadays is that we appoint the rav to be our shaliach. To be our proxy, our messenger, in order to sell the chametz, it's called a harsha'a. It's called a, um, a a permission slip, a proxy that you sell a power of attorney that you give the rav the permission to sell the chametz for you, and the rav goes and he sells it with a he sells it to a guy And the reason why it's done this way is that it's not it's not a uh, it, it, it's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a of 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 a joke that the rav should sell everyone's he, everybody knows it's not his and 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 the, the goy doesn't know where to find it from the rav whereas if the goy is buying it directly from you he knows exactly where to find it if he wants he has all of the uh he has all of the documents in front of him that's the way everyone does it nowadays is that they do it through a harshaah which is why in this this year in particular. We used the method of Harsha'ah through the computer. We didn't have to have a person go directly and go to the Rav and sell his Chametz. And many people asked why. The answer is, is that he wasn't selling the Chametz. The you're not selling the Chametz to the Rav. You're just making the Rav a Shaliach. And making the Rav a Shaliach, it's written in Choshen Mishpat, Sif Aleph, that you don't need a Kinyan, you don't need a, um, a, uh, 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 you don't need an, a valid kinyan, you don't need witnesses, rather just saying that you want the Chametz to happen as a Harsha'a. Some people say, well, who, who says that? Who says that's you that's saying say, to the Rav? So that's why what we did was that we did a hello sign professional document that you actually have to sign your name legally, that it's yours, it's coming from your email. And if it's coming from your email, it's much, uh, it's, it's a much stronger way of doing a harsha'ah. But basically, it's an appointment, appointment through the, um, through, through an oral appointment or a written appointment, which through email nowadays could be used in the court of law. It's definitely a good harsha'ah. And that's why the Chametz this year, the Rav is selling the Chametz to a goy the same way he always does. The difference is, is that the, uh, is that the, is that the, the, uh, uh, we just did it through the computer and that was no, that, that has no problem whatsoever. The big problem is a, a Jew selling a lot of Chametz to a goy. Many people say they don't understand why it works and why it should work, and others are machmir that they don't buy Chametz from places even if they sold their chametz because they say it's chametz shavaralav pesach they don't want to rely on it what's going on over here why should people not want to rely on mehilad chametz what about what about sh- should you rely on it somebody asked on the group how about ordering now and re- re- receiving chametz the day after pesach absolutely not because if you're going to order chametz now you bought it you own it uh, you know it could be that they ship it early and it's in your it's in your uh, it's in your jurisdiction and even if they're going to ship it the day after pesach you have a you don't know that it could be that it's legally you bought it you made a kinyan kesef on it and even if it's in their warehouse but legally you own it you definitely shouldn't do that the question is what about what about chametz that once it's sold is there a is there a chumrah? You're going to see many stores that they have a sticker. This was baked after Pesach. No worry, we didn't sell our chametz, or we're not selling you chametz shavur Pesach. Is there a reason for such a stringency? So, I have over here a shiur that my rav gave, Rav, rav Azriel Orbach, Shlita. Hashem should give him a long life, and he, pre- he presents the opinion of his father and his father-in-law, his father, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and his father Rabbi And we'll see the opinion of Ben Siyonah as well, which is the following, that the Khatam Sofer, it's known that the Khatam Sofer writes in Chaim Siman Kuf Yud Gimel, that a sale is a sale, and it doesn't matter what you have in mind. If you wrote a document, and if you sold something to a guy and a Goy agrees in a contract that he is buying your chametz, as a down payment he's giving ten dollars. The rest he owes a million dollars. If he would want to buy the rest of the chametz, if that's what it's valued at, and he knows that, just he 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 decides at the end of Pesach to give it back to you instead of completing the sale. It's a legal document. It should have no problem. Why it shouldn't be binding? It says the Chatam Sofer. There is no problem whatsoever with michirat chametz, and therefore even real chametz can be sold. Some people, they have a question is that they bake things for the mimuna before pesach so that they should sell it after pesach. So that they should use it right after pesach. And others are vehemently opposed. How can that be? You're just making a trick out of Mechirat chametz. According to the khatam sufirah, there's no problem. Because you're allowed to bake things. You're allowed to sell them. It's a legal sale. If the guy wants to buy it back. And, or if the guy wants to sell it back, it's his business. So, according to halacha, you can't say that it's a sur. That's what the Khatam Sofer writes, that it's a mechira Gimura. Nevertheless, it's written in the writings of the Gaon Mivilna that he wouldn't buy anything that's Chametz Gamur, that's total Chametz after Pesach. Why? Why would some people, why are some people concerned about Michret after Pesach? So there's a few reasons. The first reason is brought down in the, uh, in the Sefer Ma'adan Ishlum or Vashom Zaman Orbach in Shevi'id Siman Yud Chet, Otiyot Alev Gimel and Yud Gimel, that he discusses whether Acquisitions that are done in a country that the gov that the that the legal system will not necessarily recognize is that also okay? In other words, you did acquisitions according to the Torah. You did meshicha. You did kesef. But you go to a court of law; they're going to say well, this is not legally binding. There's no notary over here. There's no taboo. There's no—I don't know how. To, how the, in Israel, they have something called taboo, uh, uh, writing something in a um, in, in an official seal. Over here in America, we'll call it that. That there's no official uh, official uh, law uh, uh, law transaction that 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 might be legally binding. So, Rav Shlomo Orbach has a whole discussion, and he writes that, as long as you did it al-pidin Torah, it's a valid sale. It doesn't matter that according to the, the country, it's no good. But according to din Torah, you and a guy agreed to something and you, you transferred things that the Torah said, you transferred it out of your, out of your domain, that's enough. Now, if you look at the contract, the, that the great holy, uh, Rebbe, the, the first Lubavitch Rebbe, the, the, the the Balatanya wrote in the Sederz Mechirat Chametz, he actually writes, that the sale is legal according to the contract of the country. But most people don't write that. Now, Rebelyashiv Yashiv, Rabbi Azul brings in the name of Rabbi that says that if you, there's another issue over here. If you're not selling something that is legally binding, the Goy doesn't have in mind to really buy it. And that's a problem, he says. He says if the Goy doesn't have legally in mind to bind, he knows that it's a religious, if he thinks that it's a religious ceremony and it's not legally binding, it's a problem. In America, we make sure whenever we sell things to the Goy that he knows that it's legally binding or that's the way it should be. And contracts are usually, correct me if I'm wrong, but contracts are usually, if it's written as a real contract, the Goy understands that 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 it's legally binding and it works. So if it, it really matters which rav you're going to to sell the chametz, if it's a rav who's not taking it seriously, just telling the guy, do me a favor, let's just make a religious contract. It's a problem. But if uh, if 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 a, a, a rav. Who knows what he's doing? Sits down and explains to the non-Jew that it's legally binding. He only has to give ten dollars now as a deposit, and the rest of the valuation of the chametz, which might be five hundred thousand to a million dollars of chametz. I once had to sell millions of dollars of chametz because people have warehouses that they were selling. You have to sit down and you explain it to the goy that this is what's at stake over here. He doesn't have to deposit all the money. He could sell it back to us if he wants, and and the goy understands that so that that's a legal sale nowadays also it should also alleviate the concerns of Revel Yashif Rav, Rav Ben Zion has another concern he says that really in uh, in in order for a, a, a sale to be to be uh, properly sold the goy has to have a way to get into your house and that's through Mesirat mafteach the poskim discuss about mesirat mafteach, or Bashol in Olesion Chelek Gimel Perik Tet, Sif Aleph discusses as well giving over the key. In other words, the depositing of the key. And many poskim say that, 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 that the key has to be given over. The Ben Chai as well in Parashat Tzavot. That writes this way. And nowadays we don't give over the key. I used to give over my key to the Goy in Israel, but nowadays it's just what? We're gonna give him thousands of keys that he could go into our house. We don't ask for that nowadays. That might be a real problem. Maybe the Mechirat Hametz shouldn't work because the goy doesn't have a way to access the key. So here, Rabbi Israel Orbach also has a chidush and he wants to say the following. He says that nowadays from the fact that we write in our document, the Hametz can be accessed over here through this phone number. Our phone number is like the key. He knows how to access it. The whole purpose of the key is that he doesn't know how to access it. But if he has our phone number, and if he has our details, he knows how to access exactly the chametz and it's his. And we should do that. We should write in the shtar Shah because we should know that it's true. Because if we take it as a joke, it might also be a problem. We have to have total gmirud uh, dat that it's okay. So the, the 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 only question is is does the does the goy Knowing, uh, think that in his mind if it's not true does that work or does that not work you know there's a very interesting uh in the Kashrut agencies of these massive food chains that, that sell the chametz so a lot of them are not religious but people want to buy from their chametz after Pesach if you take a look at uh, some of the biggest food distributors in America are owned by Jews some of the biggest food distributors in America are owned by Jews so the OU refuses to make a Shtar Mechirat chametz with these owners. And the reason is, is because these owners are going to keep on selling their chametz during Pesach. So, Rav Moshe Feinstein writes that it's still a valid Mechira. It's a valid sale. Why? Because they sold their chametz. The fact that they're doing business as usual during Pesach means that there's feeling. But the sale is a valid sale. And that was R. Moshe Feinstein's position. And that's why there are kashrut agencies in America that are going to go... La- two years ago, there was the big beer controversy where they had uh, uh, somebody from the OU, uh, uh, Shaliach, who went to, to, to track down one of the biggest beer distributors in America who's Jewish and got him to sell his chametz. And he actually closed down the plant. It's a whole amazing story. Uh, I spoke about it another time. I think you could find it online, the great beer controversy. But, but, but he, he actually, he actually, uh, uh sold his Chametz. But even if he wouldn't have sold his Chametz, even, I'm sorry, even if he would have sold his Chametz and he would have done business, Ramush Feinstein said it's okay because he sold it. And what he's doing on, uh, on Pesach that he's still working in his store, it's called stealing. The OU doesn't take that position. The OU, based on Rav Soloveitchik's psak, said that it was—it's a joke. If he sold his chametz and he's showing that it's not a real sale by still dealing with his chametz on Pesach, it shows it's not a real sale. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I was—I was learning this Chag halachot about in Choshen Mishpat about collecting loans, <coughs> and I came across a proof like Rabbi Soloveitchik that—that that really, if a person is Dealing with his, his, uh, you see that he doesn't mean what he said. Uh, it's talking about in Hilchot Gviat Chov Zimatzadit that let's say a person has a has a uh, has has a big lo- has a big loan that's out. He has one hundred thousand dollars that he borrowed, and it's time to come to collect the loan. So what does he do? He he takes all his money and he's makhne it over to his wife. He says, here my wife, you own it now. Or he's mocking it over to his mother. So the halacha is, is that is that when the Balchov wants to collect, he could come and collect it. Why? Because it's not considered that that he gave over his nechassim to his mother or to his wife. He put it in his wife's name that it works because everybody knows that he was just doing lehavriach, to take away the, the shibudim of his wife. And that's what it says in Simanziyah de'Tet Siv Zayin. I cut off Kol de'Chasav le'Acher. If somebody writes all of his properties to someone else, and then he borrowed from others, and now the other person wants to collect, and we see that the person is still dealing, who Adain at al Pishikatav Kol de'Chasav le'Acherim ve'umachzik b'hem ve'nosev ve'noten b'hem, and he's still dealing with them me olam lo yetsu min sh'tol vidkaven el le'avriach min balechov. And all he's doing, he has in mind, is in order to escape it from those who, who owes money, it's considered as if, ha matana The matana is batel. So here you have it, that if you know that the person is still doing business as usual, it's not considered a kinyan, it's not considered a sale. Unless you're going to make a difference between a sale and a kinyan. But it seems to be that when a person, we know that it's an umdindad. In other words, usually you don't go with things in the heart. If the guy signs a contract, he means it. Whatever he thinks in his heart doesn't matter. But when he's doing actions to show that he doesn't care, then it's Belev kol libuk Then everybody recognizes that he really doesn't mean it. That should be a problem. So that is uh, that is that that might be a reason for stores that you know that don't really mean the sale to, to not buy things after Pesach. And indeed, uh Rab makes this chiluk that if it's a, uh if it's a store that's Shomritura Torah mitzvot and you know that they sold it properly. The halachas that you're allowed to buy from them, especially, you have to realize that all these halachot are, are a knas are based on a penalty. And if the owner did what he was supposed to do, he went to the rabbi, he did what he was supposed to do, the, the, the guy maybe didn't mean or you think that the guy maybe didn't mean it, even though we said, Halacha, it's valid. But even if you want to say you think it's not valid, the store owner did what he was supposed to do. You're not going to give him a penalty. You're not going to give him a penalty. If you are going to go to a non-religious store owner who thought that the whole mechira is a joke, that might be a, a, a that might be a concern, and it could be in that case a person wants to be machmir not to buy that chametz. There is what to there is what to say about that that it's a proper chumrah. However, those who do want to buy from a store that 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 you know sold their chametz but didn't mean selling their chametz and they still dealt with their chametz on Pesach. Rav Moshe Feinstein says it's okay. And if they rely on Rav Moshe Feinstein, you could say, well, there's no knas on these people, there's no penalty on these people because they relied on Ramoshe Feinstein. They'd rely on their pusik. So it could be that there is room to be lenient. Also somebody just showed me the Mikveh ma'im. Rabbi Moshe Malka writes other uh, uh, other reasons why to be lenient. He says, "Well, it could be that that, uh, that that even if there's a knas, there's a penalty only for him, not for others, especially if it if it's going to take away from others." There are svarot to be lenient to buy from somebody who's not religious and who de- really de- dealt with this w- or didn't deal with this chametz, uh, and I'm sorry, and still like sold this, uh, still worked with this chametz. But definitely the chatchila we mentioned, even that there's the big kasher agency, the OU doesn't want to give a hechsher to such a thing, and there are others that 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 don't want to deal with this. We brought a proof from Choshen Mishpat that it might not be so simple. So then there's room to be machmir. However. A sale that was done properly by individuals, and they didn't use their chametz, and they went to a rav. There is no, there, there, there is, uh, there is ample room to be lenient and to be able to to buy the chametz and to use the chametz on Pesach. It's a penalty, and they did what they were supposed to do. And 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 even if you think that it might not be a good sale, they over to the rav. They made him the proxy. He made the sale with the guy. There should be no problem whatsoever. I'll just leave you with the following thought, and we'll end with this, is that what happens if if, uh, if there are as many stores that you have to be aware in America that unfortunately are owned by Jews and don't sell their chametz? Here there are lists that come in America that tell you exactly which stores to stay away from. It used to be uh, the 99 cent store was owned by a Jew, Mr. Gold, I believe, and I don't know if they and if they sold their chametz and people would know not to buy their chametz after Pesach until they restocked. Nowadays, you're going to have to look at the emails that come out from the kashrut agencies who sold their chametz and who didn't, and whatever stores didn't sell their chametz, yeah, you shouldn't buy their chametz from them because they didn't sell their chametz. It's chametz she'avar Pesach. As I mentioned, there are going to be other stores that sold their Chametz but still dealt with the Chametz, some of the biggest food distributors. There's no way of really knowing where the food came from. So it could be we could evoke over your safek de la Banan Le Hakel, because there's no way of knowing. But if you know that it came from a store that's not religious and that dealt with their Chametz, then it's a proper thing not to buy chametz from them. So this year is really not different than any other years because when I told the, the, the rabbi through my computer, even if he didn't sell, most rabbis didn't sell to the guy through the computer. And even if they did, I have a whole teshuva about that, that it could be that it works nowadays because nowadays that's the way transactions are made. But most Rabbonim didn't do that. Mut Rabbanim did directly with the guy, and we made him a proxy. And since we made him a proxy, that's allowed to be done through the phone or through the computer with no question whatsoever. So, uh, so that now they shouldn't be different than any other day, any other year, and Yehira Son that, uh, we shouldn't have to rely on, uh, on, on, on being tight on any, any type of food whatsoever. But it's an important subject to know about. Chamit Pesach. And it's, uh, and it was a wonderful, wonderful sharing, uh, sharing Divre Torah with all of you. Amen. Chazaku Baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.